This episode of Set Lesson Brews is brought to you by Tweet Audio. Do you know a podcast fan? If so, Tweet Audio headphones make the perfect gift. For awesome headphones, go to tweetaudio.com. Use the coupon code SOUTHGATE to get 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty. You can also get there through the link on our website, southgatemediagroup.com. Please go and tell them Set Lesson Brews sent you. Hi, this is Shannon from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi Small Council Matters podcast. When I'm not reading, watching, and talking about Game of Thrones, I check out Jesse on Set Lusting Bruce, and so should you. And welcome to a new episode of Set Lesson Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen. His music is mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. This is the second part of a discussion I had with my co-worker, Greg Knoll. The first part of the discussion uh, was released earlier this week. If you have not listened to it, please go and listen to it. We discussed a little bit of Greg's Springsteen background, and then also we um, discussed our first couple of favorite concert openings. That's right. We each looked at the different Springsteen shows we've attended, and we are in the middle of, of discussing our top five opening songs we've heard in person. This episode, we continue that discussion, and we also discuss epis- we discuss songs that we wish we could hear him open with in the future. So here you go. Here, Greg and I going into picking song number three. Number three. So my number three, um, I say. I'll say there's there's something about when Bruce kind of takes an older song of his that he hasn't played a lot in concert, and then he kind of it may not even be a song of his, but he he plays it in concert. He might make little adjustments to it, and then he kind of almost makes it a focus of a show, like it becomes a small focus of the show. And I I, I, I I've always loved that he does that. So like you know, going back to the first two shows I ever saw him, which was in the reunion tour, where he took "If I Should Fall Behind." and turned it into kind of this uh, almost acapella song where everybody in the band was included, you know, and, yes. uh, you know, he did it, he took that Apollo medley and that became kind of every show he played the Apollo medley, you know, um, he did it, it also in the reunion tour with Born in the USA where he took it and played that bluesy version with the, with the, uh, with the sly guitar, um, but he made that like became like a fixture almost of the show. And so this next one is that way for me. It was a song that I don't, I wouldn't say that I necessarily loved or thought except for in its initial, in the early, early concert versions when David Sanchez was playing piano, I 
really loved this song, but for a long time, I just kind of didn't even think about it. And then he brought back New York City Serenade on that last uh, River Tour and brought in the orchestra, kind of the, the, the strings component to that and let off those shows. I think he did, it in, he did it in Philly. I know he did it in Jersey. Uh, a couple other, I think he did it in New York, maybe. Um, but just... And I just, it blows me away. The song is so beautiful. The arrangement is so incredible. Uh, and, and it's like, plays it and you're kind of lost in the song. It doesn't, you know, for me, it's some, sometimes it's, I want to get there and I want a song that just drives me and just says, we're going to rock tonight. And then sometimes you just want to get lost in a song and, and almost kind of forget where you are. And I feel like that's what happened when that song, when I, when I heard that song played live to start a show um absolutely um yes 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 uh, you know um and i will say something else in a little bit uh my next is um is shackled and drawn and the reason why is, um, you know, I'm I'm in a mixed marriage. Linda is not a Springsteen fan, and I, I, I'm kind of in that same scenario. Yes. My wife, she listens, but you know, when yeah. it gets to like hour two, she's like, "Can we listen to something?" Else? Yes, exactly. Um, coming back from our bourbon trip this last April. Um, she had said, okay, I've picked the music, um, driving up while we were going to all the different distilleries, you get to pick the music on the way home. And, um, and so we had it on my uh, phone and she's like, isn't this the fifth time we've heard this song? And I'm like, well, I have a lot of live shows on my phone. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we had, um, in April 2012, we had gone to Cleveland, Ohio. We called it our Bruce and Bourbon Tour. I've told the story many times on the podcast. But a quick summary, we we drove up to Kentucky, did part of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, went up to Cleveland, saw Bruce play at Quicken Loans. Uh, the next day, we did Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, came down, finished the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, then came home, our Bruce and Bourbon tour. It was, to this day, still one of our favorite vacations. Um, he started the show with Badlands, but that isn't my pick. He did a second round of the Wrecking Ball tour after going to Europe, and I called Linda and I said, hey, Bruce is coming back and he's going to be in Louisville in November. Buy the tickets. So um, this was the third show. She was at the first um, show we went to together. Didn't care for it at all. Um, liked the Cleveland show, but in Louisville, she really embraced um, seeing Bruce again. And so he started with Shackled and Drawn. Uh, Wrecking Ball is her favorite album. Um, I love just the joy of that song and, and, 
how everyone, you know, this is when you had the E Street band on steroids with the band and everything. It's such a great production to start the show. So that made my bronze medal. No, and I, I really I love that song and uh it's fun to dance to. You yeah. get somebody you can do some some uh this line dancing, I think a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's a fun song. I mean I I, I thought for that tour uh my highlights and because I think there was a point in that tour where if Patty was there they would play um easy money. If she wasn't there then Shackle would draw. And so I'd always be like, you know, we don't want Patty here. We want to hear Shackleton John. <laughs> so I can hear Shackleton John and Death to My Own Guns. Because I love right. Death to My Own Guns. Oh, um, me too. All right. So number two. Yes. The silver medal. So I, I mentioned to you, my friend Ziggy and I, and how we're you know, collecting songs at this point. And we, you know, we talk all the time. We revel in the songs that that we get to hear that haven't been played in a long time. So like I was at the tower theater in 2005 when he played the Iceman for the first time, or mm. uh, we were in Newark and he played Bishop danced. And wow. my name is actually Bishop on backstreet. So I was like, so I got to hear that twice because we were, we were going to be, we were in the pit and he, they, we got to hear them rehearse it and then play it again. Um, or the the song I mentioned earlier that he, where he played higher and higher because that fan had the sign out, or um, which was at the Spectrum in 2009. It was the, I might have even been the last Spectrum show, and um, that night he started that show with a song that I think most people thought he was never going to play the song live because he hadn't played it in you know in well I guess it was 1981. That he, had, that he had played it uh, and it was the price you pay and it was I don't think it was a song that I knew I loved until I heard him start a show with it nice uh, so that's I, I'm gonna go with uh, I gotta go with the price you pay it just was it's a beautiful song and after hearing it start a show I started everything in my life I reverted back to like using like lines from that song as quotes for it was very funny. So great song. Well, that's awesome. Um, my number two is um, I had gone to the four um, river tour. I did Louisville, Pittsburgh, then Louisville, then Oklahoma City, Dallas. And um, through some friends, um, Allie said, Hey, you know, he's playing here in August at MetLife Stadium. Um, you can stay with us free if you want to come. You you need to see him in Jersey. You you need to come. So um, Chris said, oh, man, because he had seen him in Oklahoma City. My son's like, gosh, to go up to Jersey to see Bruce again? Yes, I'm in. So Chris and I flew up, um, and uh, we were at the stadium, um, and I don't know if you remember, but he had played the 23rd, and it was an 
everyone said it was one of the best shows ever. They were amazed how great it was. And we started thinking, did we pick the wrong night? Did we pick the wrong day? Um, but when we got in there and they bring out the strings and they play New York City Serenade with the strings, as you talked about, you just get carried away. You're just the music and the band playing it with the strings. It, it trans, I was transmitted somewhere else. Um, and it just truly was, um, such a strong way to start. And, you know, it was almost four hours. My son and I were there next to each other. We got to hear, he got to hear every song he wanted to hear. And he always talks about, and they've got really good popcorn there, dad. <laughs> so, uh, for my, you know, he's like, you know what? The Giants may suck, but they got a nice stadium. Um, so that's, um, I, I'm, I am surprised how that both of this made it, but I shouldn't be. Um, that yeah, was something special <laughs> and it was just amazing. All right. What's I, number one? I, well, first of all, I, say that I love when bands do that. So I, like this summer I was able to see, uh, Roger Daltrey was touring and he was touring Tommy, but with like the local orchestras. So I don't, I don't remember what Philly orchestra it was, but in Philadelphia, he had a local orchestra here in Boston. He had a local orchestra there. And it was just amazing to hear Tommy that way. I would love if some point down the road, Bruce did something like that. I don't know which album to do. I think he could do it with Born to Run. He probably could do like a, like with a full orchestra. I think it would be amazing. The first time I saw Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, um, he did Pet Sounds Live with the Dallas Orchestra playing strings. And that was just amazing. So, yes, right. I, I agree with you. Uh, that would be, yeah. It, it was just, and then later that show, the Met Life Stadium, he did uh, Jack of All Trades with the strings. And yeah, that was that just vocal. beautiful. Yeah. I'd say it's better than normal. <laughs> it's, it's not one of my favorite songs. I so. know that isn't, but hearing it with the strings was pretty amazing. Um. By the way, you know, for your Jersey friends, some would argue that the shows are better. That you got to see them in Philly. Um, well, now well, that anyway. I got a connection in Philly, you might have to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will tell you that uh, the place where where we, I tend to have had poor experiences. I think I've seen three shows there, and every one of them has been, I would say, the blandest of the bland. And uh, Washington D.C. just. I would not, I mean, I'll go because I always go, but I temper my expectations. And part of that is that I think the crowd is just not as into it. And for me, that's a big part. You know, it's like when you talk about this, like what's, what's a great show? Is it a great set list? Is it that the band is, is tight? Is it that Bruce is into it? Is it that it's, you know, overly emotional or is it something that just makes you forget anything that's going on in your life? What is it that, you know, and, I think a big piece of that is the environment and, and having a crowd that is into the show. And I just, I don't know, both of my, my experience there all three times, just not great crowds. 
Um, anyway, yeah, I totally agree. Um, no, no, no. That's it's it's exactly perfect. I I didn't. You have to tell me. I have heard that at times, um, Madison Square Gardens crowds can be shaky. You know, I've only seen them there once, and I don't really. So I'm usually a floor person. Okay. Now where I always will sit on the floor. Um, and try to, or stand on the floor and always try to be in the pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that show I was not. So it was a different kind of experience. I was with people that were not big fans. And so I, I would love to be like, yeah, you're right. Cause that's kind of the experience I had the night that I was there. But, but to be fair, you, to be that, fair, I didn't yeah. have my, it wasn't my normal experience with my normal, you know, like normally I go with a specific, with, you know, everybody's zig and we have specific things that we do. And, and, and this was kind of like a more of a spur of the moment. I had friends going, they were like, yeah, we have an extra ticket. And so I went, um, okay. I would think, see, I think anywhere you're, if you're on the, I think if you're in the pit anywhere, it should be great because you don't, you don't even realize that there's a, that there's any, you know, other people around you Yeah. that like, you think the show is just, like, I joked the first time I was, was in the pit was he, the darkness show in Philly and I turned around and looked at the crowd of after like like five songs in, and I, I was like, "Oh wow, you guys are here too!" I didn't realize. You know, like, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, all right. So my my number one. Yes. I think this is very funny because I know this is not a song that you would pick, um, based on on uh, our Twitter conversations. Um, but I think that you know sometimes you look sometimes you're. When I'm when I was looking through these songs, I was looking through like there's this nostalgic piece, there's the emotional piece, there's the you know great song he hasn't played in a while, and then sometimes you just go to a show and you want to just forget everything and just rock out, and I don't think there's any song that does that better than the song Night. Um, oh, okay. I can see that. And so I just think he, you step in, you know, it's like the first, you know, so one of the early bootlegs I have is that that Tower Theater show from 1975. Um, and he starts the show, he comes out on stage and thinks some people were dressed up funny. And he says, I know if I'd known you guys were dressed like this, I wouldn't have come. <laughs> and then just rips into like a searing night. And I just think that there's something about that song in. It, you know, Bruce saying to the crowd, like, like your life is monotonous. You're going, you know, you're working seven to three, nine to five, whatever it is. Right. But you're doing all that so that you have, so you can step out into the night, you know? And it's funny. Like I've heard this at seven of my first eight shows, he played this song, but I'd never heard him play it as, as the start of a show um, until a few years back. And just, uh, it's funny, and, and I actually have a note here. In a show where Bruce played the tour debut of my favorite song, Incident, 57th Street, uh, the high, my highlight of the show was still that he led it off with the song Night. Nice. Yes, I mean, it's not one of my favorites, but um, yeah, I could see why that would be great. Um, mine is um, a sentimental choice. Um, for circumstances beyond my control, I had never 
you know, I, I didn't move to Dallas till 86, um, had no concept of actually trying to drive to Houston to try to see Bruce Springsteen. I was a, a casual fan, you know, when Born in the USA happened. I, I bought the river. Um, you know, I knew Hungry Heart um, and Cadillac Ranch and everything, but he had never come anywhere to Louisiana. I didn't even think about trying to drive to Houston. Then when we moved to Dallas, it's 86, 87. Um, you know, he's, I just didn't catch the show. And then when um, I did not know, I know he did a couple of times um, small independent shows, uh, you know, solo shows, like at the bowling alley here, uh, the Bronco Bowl, didn't know about it. And then when the reunion tour happened, it just, it didn't work out me going to see him. So the Rising was my first tour, uh, November 3rd, 2002. And I am sitting at the very top bleacher seats, you know, nosebleed Greg. Um, I, my wife's like, do you want something to drink? No, because I don't want to miss a moment. I mean, I do not want anything to drink because I will have to go pee. And the band comes out and they start with the rising. Um, and it just, I was there. I was seeing Bruce finally. And the rising is the only sh song that he has played in all 16 of my shows. That is, that is the one song I have heard every time. So because of that, and because it was the first song I heard him play live, I picked The Rising. All right. I, look, it's a great song. I I can remember the first time, I guess, I went to the O2 show at the First Union Center, which is at Wells Fargo in Philadelphia, and he started with that. And I remember at the time being like, you know, it was just, the album had just come out, and I love the uh, I love the song. I feel like now, you know, it, it always happens like that where you, the more you hear a song like that, it's you get less excited. At least for me, like you mentioned, Mary's Place earlier, like that's a song like that for me. Like I loved it on the album and got just so sick of it, hearing it all the time. You know, it's funny. I was going to use my the song that I heard the first show that I ever saw, um, but unfortunately, you know, I, I it's funny I. I feel like I did not, if if I were to say, oh, it's one of my favorite songs and would be one I would love to hear live now, I would say, yeah. But um, I don't remember hearing the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I looked back at the my first show and I was like, oh, he started the show with Little Queenie? Like how wow. amazing is that? And I have no recollection of this. You know, it was... It was a show at, at, in, at, in Philadelphia at the First Union Center in 99. And he, I mean, I look at that set list and I'm like, this set list is unbelievable. They take them as they come. He started a little, you know, like it was just an amazing set list. But I have no recollection of that just because I don't think I was the fan at that time that I am now. And I didn't, I was not, you know, keeping close track. And I think I was a, at that point, I was more in the, oh, will you play the river? Will you play Thunder Road? Will you play Born and Run? Well, as that's... opposed to what I do now, which is seek out these songs you have never heard. Songs like Little Queenie. 
Yeah, exactly. I um, I had not. I had bought the Rising, but I had not um, listened to it, you know, constantly the way we do now with a new one. Um, and um, I, you know, I'm looking at the set list for my first show. Um, you know, she's the one. Um, incident on 57th Street. Um, you know, they song is so good yeah um you know ramrod that he did um i fought the law uh that uh, um the and see this is why we edit this um the guy who lives here in dallas who is an eagle who is not glenn fry don henley Don Henley oh, came yeah. out to sing I Fought the Law with him. And um, that was really cool. That was really cool. That was my first show. I didn't know any better. Don, no, I, it, that is amazing. I have a question. You mentioned the Pittsburgh show earlier. That was the Pittsburgh show where he played um, – did he, it was, uh, did he cover Prince? No, that was the uh, David Bowie. Oh, David, I'm sorry. Yeah. I knew he was one of the, yeah. I'm sorry. I would have loved to see Purple Rain live. That would have been a cool, I would have loved to have seen that. Rebel Rebel was pretty cool, right? It was very Rebel, yes. It was very cool. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Well, speaking of, um, we decided because you were kind, Greg said, I could go top 10. I'm like, look, I only saw it 60 times. I'm going to have to get down. <laughs> so what we decided might be kind of fun, though, is to share a wish list of songs that um, we'd like to have seen, that we, if we were building our Bruce Springsteen set list because we've won the lottery and we've now told Bruce, hey, we're going to give you tons of money for your favorite charity. Let's go do a show. Um, what are some of the songs you'd want him to start with? So do you want to do one at a time or you want to do kind of go sure, through can, them? Okay, let's do it. We can go through them the same way, just okay. maybe not. Well, I'm not going to go as depth, I guess. Okay. Uh, my number five is going to surprise a lot of people because a lot of people probably don't even know the song, but Little Latin Loopy Lou. I just songs rocks and i just think bruce's cover is awesome i do not know that song i will have to look it up and what's it called again little latin loopy lou little he's latin. covered it i think he's covered it at least three times oh okay that's very cool see mine are not going to be that um that's that's why i love having you on here um <laughs> I um I think I would love to have him start with um not fade away she's the one combo. Um I I love Buddy Holly and I would love for him to do a Buddy Holly melody, you know, um including Ravon and uh Peggy Sue, but I love the not fade away going into she's the one. I've never seen that. And I think it would be a cool way to start the show. 
throw in like when he, I think he's done it before, but he, where he's done like also adds in Preacher's Daughter in there too. Yes, I think so. Um, or even Gloria sometimes, you know, like, yeah, I love the, those. Yeah, I think that I, it's like he did that the 78 tour. I love that. Mm, I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. Those the way I don't know. I, I the preacher's daughter was always the one I really prefer, but I, it's an awesome. I mean, how can I argue with Buddy Holly? It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, next, my number, my number four, and this is partially just because I've never heard this song live, and what? Why not start off a show with where it all started? So, blinded by the light. Yeah. That would, I think that would be great. Um, I love when they're live in, um, you know, the version that they do for the Seeger system, Seeger band. So, yeah, yeah that, but just the regular, um, because how, that would be very cool. Um, I, 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 yeah, that's a great choice to. To yeah, you know, it starts off that. the first album. It could, you know, I just, I think it'd be, and it's a nice fast song. So it's yeah, yeah, good, good choice. So mine is, um, this is probably not a, um, a big showstopper. So this would be one of those where he comes out maybe just acoustical, just with a couple people. Um, but you know, my wife's name is Linda. And so I would love to hear Linda, let me be the one. Um, and I, I have a whole list of songs that are on my wish list, but I thought that one is a very, you know, sometimes they start off with a slow one and then they kind of bring the whole band. So if I was going to get a slow one, I would want it to be Linda, let me be the one. And, uh, you know, for LJ. Hey, I am. Uh, I'm all for that. I'm all for the starting with a slow song. I mean, look, we already used New York City Serenade as an example earlier, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to think the. Because uh, you know the Hammersmith, right? Where he starts out with the just yeah. Thunder Road, and it just is like wow, kind of just him starting it off. That would be cool. My next two are in those in that vein. My next one, okay. and I don't know that he's ever started a show with this song, and it's really just me just figuring out a way to ensure that this masterpiece is on a set list, and that would be the promise. I love that song. It's probably it's in my top five. I've only seen it once, um, and it was the uh, you know solo piano in, in the uh, Devils and Dust tour. But I, I think it would be really cool to start a show with the promise. That almost made my list for the exact same reason. And I said, <laughs> we all are yeah, because I, I was like, oh, man, that would be so cool to come out. Um, and and I'm like, well, no, that's probably that's more of a closing song. But no, I agree. That would be great. Um, I'm still chasing um Either Frankie Fell in Love or This Is Your Sword. I, I really like those songs. I know they're not great songs, but they're fun songs. And so um, 
I'm chasing that because I got seeds instead. So I would love to see, and I know the odds are never. He's moved on from high hopes. Not going to happen, but that would have been fun for me to start. All right. Go ahead. I like Frankie Fell in Love a lot. I think that the song on that album that I'd love to see live, aside from that one, is, um, I I don't know why I'm blanking on the name, but it's the, the song, the cover of the Australian band. Just like the firewood. Yes. Yeah. I, that song is a Bruce Springsteen song, but that is like a, it fits him so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a great show starter. I agree. That oh, I'd love that. Um. So my next one is actually so you mentioned how Thunder Road started off that show at the the Hammersmith Odeon in London, and early on that tour. I don't know if it was really on the tour, but it was in the beginning of that year, he did a show in Philadelphia at the Tower Theater. I'm sorry, at the main point, which was a little uh, club that is no longer in existence. I don't think it's in existence or it's not in existence the way it used to be anyway. Um, And he opened the show with Incident in the same way that you're talking with Thunder Road, where it was just him. And I don't know if you have this bootleg, but... If you don't, you have to hear the version because in the in the song, there's like a siren at the end, as right as the song goes to a close, and it's just the perfect way to to, to start a show. And so, yes, it's my favorite song, but also I love the way it opened that show. I know it would op- it would open you know a show now even better. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah it's um... two it's two five seventy five. Uh, main point okay yeah boy that that would be oh man i'd love that um so you talked about um the song where you're like really he's playing this again um (laughs) my one of my best friends and my my version of a Springsteen buddy is my buddy sam um we worked together for almost 10 years at that other place that kind of does what we do. Um, and he, um, Thundercrack was his favorite song. And he's like, gosh, I would just lose my stuff if he played Thundercrack at a show. And then he played it like two or three times within of some set period. And then Sam made the joke. Well, now then it's just old hat. I don't want to hear it anymore. Um, <laughs> I what happened to me with that. song. I think I've heard, I think I've seen it like seven or eight times now. And yeah. it's a great song, but yeah. Um, so I've never heard it. And so I think uh, it's such a, you wonder that never made an album. I mean, this was such a, You know, and when he plays it and there's so much joy, I think because if you, especially if you're somewhere not in the East Coast and open with that, I think there'd be a lot of excitement and I would love to hear it. So I've actually heard him open with that. Um, Very cool. The first time I was in the pit, which was the Darkness show, he opened with Thundercrack. And we were like, this is amazing. He's opening with Thundercrack. 
Um, you know, what's funny is that the first time I ever heard that song live, though, was on the Devils and Dust tour, which was so cool. He played it on the piano. I don't know if you've heard this version. Mm-mm. But when he's doing Thundercrack, he's banging down like the, um, I don't know what it's called, but he's banging down on the wood. But he does, yeah, he did, he was doing it in the encores. Very cool. So, very, very cool. Well, so, so we're up to my number one, and this is the, the song I've been seeking to hear, period, but it's because I've heard the way it's open to show, and I just love every part of it, the way that Bruce counts in the band, the hard-driving guitar, and just, I don't know, joy of, to me, it's a joy, but I, I, I don't know if the song is necessarily joy, joyful, but Bruce does that. It's like, when the song is like a sad song, he makes it, he makes it sound happy, and when it's a, uh, sometimes when it's a uh, happy song, he makes it sound sad in a way. Yes. But um, this one, to me, is I Want to Be With You, I just, I love, the, the, there's a version, I want to say it's from Europe or something like that, and he counts in each band member, and the way he does it is so cool. It's such a good way to announce their presence as a band. Um, and then just all kind of eclipsing with this just powerful song. It's, it's awesome. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, I thought you were going to say my number one pick, my love will never let you, will not let you down. Um, I've not heard the song. Um, it is such, you know, that live CD, um, is, I would love to see that starting, I guess maybe because as you talked about, it reminds me a little bit of meet me in the city. Um, so that would be one. I would love to see, uh, though I would pick any of yours. I think that's really, really cool. <laughs> that uh, I just I'm I'm for any of those songs that were that were. I mean, I love tracks. Look, I mean, he played mm-hmm. "Loose Ends" was a song I was chasing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like in hearing those, like now I feel like we're you know going back to the collecting. Like my buddy and I talked about like. We've gotten loose ends. We've gotten um, Frankie. Like Frankie's such yeah. a great song. Like you know, I've heard this hard land a bunch of times now, including having him end. I gotta say, by the way, it, it's funny. Like almost my highlight of seeing him uh, on Broadway. I think the best song performed, or at least close to it, if not the second, if not the best, the second best was I saw him play this hard land. And and he and that's not even a song he's playing normally. He should be playing that song every night. It's so yeah. good. We will have to have you back on again. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? I guess I'm at Greg Null on Twitter. So so G R E G N U L L. Okay, very nice. I can be reached at at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show can be reached at Set Lusting Bruce on Twitter. Tell us what we got right. Tell us what you disagree with. Tell us what would your be favorite songs. So, Greg, uh, when do you come visit again? I think the, uh, I'll see you towards the end of January. Very nice. Very good. Well, I appreciate it. Just so you know, to pull back the curtain a little bit, Greg and I usually end up talking via Teams, and it's it's very seldom about work. <laughs> it is usually about <laughs> Bruce. Well, we don't really, even though we work for the same company, it's not like we have 
you know, we don't cross over it really. No, no, we don't. So very nice. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Greg. This is amazing. Um, Thank everyone. you. Thank you for having me on. This is awesome. So much All right. fun. We'll talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.